Welcome back to the Reach Your Peak podcast experience. I'm your host, Alexa, the sports dietitian, nutrition coach, and your trusted voice of sports nutrition. And today we're going to talk about flexible dieting in terms of what's good about it and what's bad about it. Because I think sometimes people misunderstand me when, I'm, when I talk about flexible nutrition and how I like it and how I use it and how I help my clients with it. It doesn't mean that it is this, this holy grail solution that has no faults. Okay, that's just that's not what it is. Every dietary approach out there needs to be considered from the pros and the cons so that you can do it the right way. So with that said, let's get into today's podcast. So the reality is that flexible dieting is like all diet approaches, as I said. There are good ways to do it, and there are obviously bad ways to do it. There are pros, there are cons. Okay, that's just the reality of it. And that's why having expert guidance from someone is very, very valuable. But at the same time, it also means you just need to understand at the baseline level what considerations you've got to have before you kind of plunge yourself into this new dietary approach. And that's why today I want to share with you what you need to know about flexible dieting from both fronts, okay? The good and the bad. Because it's not for everyone, but for the right person, done the right way, it can really be a life changer. Okay, so if you're an athlete who's wanting to learn more about flexible dieting, keep on listening. If you're an athlete who just feels like you want that more flexibility in your nutrition plan and you feel it's the right approach for you, continue listening because I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to know from the good and the bad so you can capitalize on the good and avoid the bad. Okay, so let's get into it. So let's start with the good. Why is flexible nutrition good? Quite simply, I'm going to share four, four, four points with you. Number one. It builds awareness, which is very, very key because one of the biggest obstacles for people when it comes to nutrition is not having an awareness around their food, not having an awareness around where they need to get to with food as well. With flexible nutrition and food tracking and tracking your calories and your macros and being strategic with your approach, you build that awareness. Okay, You understand where you are now. You understand where you need to get to. You understand what you are doing at any point in time. Without that awareness, it can become a bit of a slippery slope. So that's number one. Number two is it allows for specific strategy. You can very much fine-tune your strategy for a specific goal. So let's say you're an athlete who's trying to get a bit leaner, but you're trying to maintain your muscle and you're trying to improve your leanness just so you can become you know, better at your sport or whatever it may be. You can actually then adjust your protein to a degree where you remain consistent with it, adjust it all within your caloric balance that you need for that specific goal, but then at the same time, you can manipulate your your fats and your carbohydrates to adjust for your different demands of your sport, your training sessions, all that sort of stuff, essentially periodizing your nutrition. So it allows for very specific strategy. And that's why it's really effective for sports nutrition. That's why I've adopted it for my clients, my athletes. Okay, so number three is also eliminates food restriction. There is no foods off limits when it comes to flexible nutrition when done correctly. If you feel like a donut, you can make a donut fit as long as it fits within your calories and it fits within your strategy. So by eliminating food restriction, you enable yourself to have a more sustainable approach to nutrition and none of that fad dieting and binge eating that can come about with traditional dieting efforts. The diets that kind of say, you can't eat this and you can only eat that. Then the fourth thing is it enables increased flexibility and adaptability. So say you're an athlete who travels a lot for your sport. Because of that, circumstances are gonna change, okay? Food supply is gonna change. Your environment's going to change. Your schedule is probably going to change too. So how do you maintain a level of control of your nutrition while being flexible and adaptable? Well, flexible nutrition allows you to do that a lot more than a lot of other diets. So that's why it's a really effective strategy or approach for you to use. 
Okay, so that, that's like the good. That's like the good. And there's obviously other good stuff that you can add to it, but that's the four that I want to share with you today. Now the bad, the things that you got to be aware of that are negatives and some people do fall into this trap. Okay, the first thing is that it can build obsession. That's a very much can be a slippery slope for some people and a fine line for others, but falling from food tracking to food obsession and fixating on the numbers, the nitty gritty and stressing yourself over it is a reality. And it's something that you have to be aware of before you get into this approach because you got to understand yourself. Do you have a history of eating disorders? Do you have a history of food obsession? And then you should work, you know, you know, you should kind of on-ramp yourself onto this approach rather than just plunging yourself into it. You got to have these considerations first, especially if you are someone who's obsessive by nature. So yes, it can build obsession and that is one of the negatives and you got to be careful with it. Number two is the low calorie mindset. So this is not like for everyone, but a lot of individuals, when they start something like flexible nutrition, there is this preoccupation around, I just got to eat as low calorie as possible, or I just got to eat foods that are low calorie because that's all about the name of the game. The name of the game is being as low as calorie as possible and trying to fit as many low calorie options in my diet as possible. Well, yes, that can help with fat loss because you're optimizing volume eating while still maintaining caloric control. It can be a slippery slope again because you do not want to just be fixating on low calorie because then you might actually end up eating too little calories, which is very much a reality, especially for athletes. You got to be careful with that. But also it creates a poor food relationship where it all becomes just about calories and that's not the good way to go because no matter what dietary approach you use, no matter what system you use for your own nutrition, it has to be something that enables you to have a good food relationship. There is no point doing something just for the sake of doing it and then having a poor food relationship for the sake of results. There's a lot of that bullshit out there. You've got to be careful of it, okay? A lot of our gurus promoting low-calorie this and low-calorie that because it's all just about those that shredded physique. No, that's not the reality, okay? So be mindful that there is this preoccupation around low calories in this approach. You've got to be wary of so you don't fall into that, that, um, that pitfall as well, okay? And then thirdly, it can be time-consuming for busy athletes. You need to actually work it into your schedule to be successful because as an athlete, you're likely busy. Whether you're a full-time athlete or a part-time athlete, then in that case, you've got like another job you're going to. Like Life is busy and it's hectic. And once you get the wheels moving, it can be a bit of a hit and miss with your consistency. And that's okay. But you've got to understand that going into it, there is a commitment to it. It does become easier. It does become more balanced. It does become more part of your schedule and your habits. But especially in the first part, you've got to be aware of it is quite time consuming, especially for busy athletes. And that can be considered a con, okay? That can be considered a bad aspect of, of flexible dieting because of such, of the level of control you have over your food, you have to be kind of counting and tracking and being, being mindful of what you're doing. So it can be time consuming, okay? So that, that's kind of the, the good and the bad that I wanted to share with you today. Like I said, it's not an exhaustive list. It's very hard to get an exhaustive list in these things because a lot of this is contextual, Okay, with nutrition, a lot of it comes to individualization. You've got to consider other aspects to it. But I just wanted to share the kind of players when it comes to the good and bad of flexible nutrition so you understand the whole approach before you kind of get into it. Or even if you've started it, that's perfectly okay. Just so you understand what you're going to be wary of. Or if you're falling into some of these bad things, just what you have to kind of move you, remove yourself away from. So I hope it's been helpful. Now, if you want to chat to me about flexible nutrition, see how I approach this how I help my athletes and how potentially I could help you, reach out, okay? In the show notes below, you should find my email, alexa at theclimbingdietitian.com.au, dietitian with a T. Otherwise, you can obviously 
contact me on Instagram or somewhere like that. Just go to Climbing the Dietitian on Instagram, follow me and send me a DM and let's get chatting. See how I can help you. See if my program can be of benefit to you. I've got a 90-day program for those who are just getting started just to get yourself ready to use this approach. But yeah, just reach out if you want help from a sports dietitian and I can look it into it for you. See if it's a good fit then go from there. But other than that, I just really wanted this to be a helpful episode for you so you can understand more about flexible dieting, more about the good and the bad, because too many times you see dietitians even, and gurus out there, and un, even the, the uninformed, they promote diets without thinking about both of them. They'll tell you all the good things about their diet without all the bad. Well, that's just not good. You've got to look at it from both fronts so you can understand what's best for you. So I hope this episode has been helpful. I hope you have a great day. Again, no matter if you're going to work now, you're coming back from work, hope things are going well, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Stay safe. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out my podcast. Hope it brought you some great value today. You can check me out on socials under The Climate Dietitian or on www.theclimatedietitian.com.au. I've got some great stuff out there for you guys, some free valuable content. So yeah, please check it out, guys. And yeah, until next time, thank you.